Yo, dogs. Fucking honking early in the day. Welcome to episode 160. Just another Nick fan. It's your boy. J-A-K-F. Nick's got that W on Friday. I knew they wasn't playing all weekend, so... I figured... We'll let the whole sports... Weekend play out. And the conclusion yesterday... Is it wasn't a good day to be a goat. God damn, what fuck is not moving their car anyways? Brady, Smoke City, Aaron Rodgers blew a lead. LeBron did what he could, but he took that L. So yeah, it was definitely a tough day to be a a, a even the fucking Yankees, man. That's considered the greatest, one of the greatest teams of all time. Motherfuckers got swept. Tough weekend. Tough day actually, a Sunday to be to be a G O A T. And uh I'll be honest though, as far as Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, hard to feel bad for them. It really is. Especially when you have at least Tom Brady, like, I don't know, some weird vibes around Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, at least he seems to have like this yo, we gonna we gonna figure this shit out vibes, Tom Brady. I I really feel like he just came back to boost the Brady brand. And I don't know what his performance as of late, or at least the team's performance as of late, is really helping the Brady brand. Um, you know, that Jordan became popping while Jordan was playing, but Jordan was getting rings, scoring titles, dunking on people, gambling, drinking, doing all that shit, and busting ass. And people were buying his shoes as he was playing, et cetera, et cetera. But Tom Brady, I think he like he launched his Brady brand, the TB12 method, a few years ago. And uh, they won a Super Bowl, so that was cool. And right now they're looking tight. And I think he is, I believe, dealing with some personal matters at home. I don't really know too much, but... Yo, that division is ass. With NFC, whatever that shit is, with the Saints, Panthers, Falcons, and the Buccaneers. Buccaneers and uh, I forgot who else. It's three and four. Yeah, the Buccaneers and Saints are probably three and four. No, the Buccaneers and Falcons are three and four. And the Saints and the Panthers are two and five. Mind you, the Panthers started off the season one and five. The win yesterday, and now they one game out of the division lead with a two and five record. And for the past few years, this division was perhaps one of the most competitive divisions. Nail biting. Ooh, all four teams could make the playoffs. Not right now. That shit like pure ass, pure basura. Hella lame conference right now. The Falcons with that three and four record actually have surprised a lot of people. Um, with how well they've been doing, they have Marcus Mariota at the helm as a QB. I'm trying to rebuild. Matty Ice looked like he on thin ice right now with his performance and the Colts' performance. I expect him to fizzle out like how he is right now, but I think all of these motherfuckers could get it together as far as the fucking Buccaneers with that trash-ass conference there right now, so I wouldn't be surprised. Like, yo, Brady turns it around. I just... They play the fucking Bills, and they're 10 and a half. Yeah, they're minus 10 and a half, so... 
I don't really know, man. That shit crazy. But like I said, Aaron Rodgers, you see him. Like I said, he's still trying to get jiggy. As far as the Yankees. Yeah, man. Not too much to say right now. I watched the... I started watching after the sixth inning. I forgot that they was actually playing, bro. I forgot they was actually playing, to be honest. And then uh, I got new, but then I forgot. I'm watching the, the Finns game and shit. And I was like, let me head over to the Yankees game. Let me support the, the New York team. It's 5-4. No, it was actually down 3-2 or some shit. Or 4-3, whatever. They was, they was up, and they was down 4-3. They came back, got the 5-4 lead. And then started doing dickhead shit and gave the game away. And um, I think that pretty much summed up the Yankees and Astros series because I'm not a real baseball analyst, but from the few Yankees games that I've seen, <coughs> including that I, the game that I went to, game two, I believe, uh, Yankees versus the Guardians, these motherfuckers need a closer, bro. They cannot close games. And yes, I've heard the Yankees' bats were not working. Oh, they need better hitting. They're in a slump. All that's cool. You know, they was up 5-4. And honestly, besides better closing, they could have used some better uh, judgment in the handoff of the ball to second base because that basically cost them the game. It was 5-4. The Astros basically hit it into a double play and didn't throw it properly. Led to an error, which led to two runs being scored by the Astros, which basically sealed the game. And um, it was it was a storybook ending potential written all over this shit, bro. Ninth inning, two outs. Aaron Judge at the plate. Like, wow. Imagine he hits a home run to tie the game up. Like, you know how lit that would have been with a storybook ending or storybook extending of the series, at least for another inning. That would have been cool if Aaron hit that shit out the park in the ninth inning, man. That should have been fire. He struck out. No, he didn't strike out. He hit the ball. He made contact with the with the baseball. And uh, I forgot our Yankees general manager, uh, Aaron Boone. Funny guy. Uh, one of the post conference press conferences, he said, you just need to make contact and hit it. Sometimes you just got to hit it. And he's got to touch it a little bit. And I feel like when it matters the most, the Yankees can't do that, man. Uh, six, five, and no, five runs is more than enough. But was it the pitching? Was it the lack of hitting? Game four, specifically yesterday? Damn, it was just that error to me that really fucked them over, dog, to be honest. But I might, looking into starting into my gambling ways and methodologies, I might take that. Ten and a half on the Packers because I feel like they have some sort of pride, bro. They've been getting Spank City. They've been missing throws, missing blocks. The back's against the wall. It's a national media, I mean, not national game on TV, Sunday Night Football. Everybody's watching. So I think AA won't figure it out. Like, I right, can't believe fold this bad, can't get worse than this, so I, I get his perspective, but as far as the Lakers game, a lot of, I mean, yo, 0 for 11 for Westbrook, 4 for 15 from Westbrook, obviously these are not great shooting numbers, 
But we can't just place all the blame on him because um, the reason I'm getting right to the Lakers is just because I'm, right, I'm just getting right to it. Obviously, Russell Westbrook game is similar to LeBron's game in the fact that, you know, he needs to be surrounded by shooters. So he's going to have all the time getting to the basket if he's not surrounded by shooters. Lamar's going to have a hard time. Lamar's going to put up his numbers, but he's going to have a hard time winning if he doesn't have shooters. So, yeah, Westbrook, I'm not sure if I'm completely mad at him for taking that shot. I won a 2 one on one Maybe you're not mad at Westbrook if this is Westbrook and his prime for taking that shot because he's probably Westbrook and Westbrook in his prime. Damn, they still keep honking the horn, son. The fuck is... I don't know what's going on, man. I'm in my crib, but, like, I live by, like, an intersection, so. Yeah, y'all hear that shit. Damn, that person really ain't moving his car. Damn. But, like I was saying, Westbrook on the Lakers is probably after Westbrook, after LeBron won, Anthony Davis to It's a toss-up of who the third best player is. So Westbrook taking that shot in the last thirty seconds is is. I get it. He was trying to go for the two for one, man. But I guess you you gotta live with LeBron and Anthony Davis making those decisions on what's good and what's bad. And I still think, you know, Westbrook still. I would yeah. I'm gonna say still. He still has that mentality like I'm the best player. I'm, I'm gonna play my game, et cetera, et cetera. But uh. Yeah, if it's LeBron or Anthony Davis takes that shot, you live with it. But I guess with Westbrook, you, you sort of don't want him making those decisions, I guess. When when it's, the game's in the balance, you want LeBron to make those decisions. Anthony Davis makes those decisions. I mean, it was a tough predicament because it's about 30, 40 seconds left. It's 30 seconds left, trying to go for two for one. Um, well, the Blazers pretty much let him take that shot. They're like, please take it. And he took it. Um there's multiple, like, like, they asked LeBron. I saw LeBron. He really didn't know what to say about it. He, like, everybody. One thing I'm going to say about the play, NBA players right now is, like, this whole um, Westbrook support group, I respect it. Like, as an NBA player, as an NBA brotherhood, y'all looking out for each other as y'all should. Y'all should have each other's back. It's a fraternity in one way or another. Um, but to just to flat out blame the media for everything, like we we just whatever we watching, we don't know what we watching right now, bro. Like oh for eleven, we didn't just see that shit. And mind you, the oh for eleven game, he played hella great defense, so I'm not gonna take that away from him. The old the um the great defense, I guess Kawhi Leonard down the stretch. I know it just sucks that Westbrook couldn't make a shot. It just sucks that he can't get his rhythm going offensively. Um, he might just need a change of scenery, man. Just for Westbrook's sake, and I'm not saying. Um, it's all his fault, but it's just not a good vibe over there, man, for Westbrook. And I don't like how they're trying to blame that shit on us, uh, as on us as the regular people watching basketball. Uh, yeah, I agree with Kevin Durant and LeBron at times where um, we do take things out of proportion. Well, I wouldn't say me, but people, there are going to be people out there that always take it to the next level which I don't necessarily agree with. But when we specifically talking about his performance on the court or we specifically talking about a specific play and then, yeah, like this whole self-righteous, oh, yo, I'm a Patek Westbrook. Get the, get the fuck out of here, bro. I, we saw your reaction, bro, during the game. 
He didn't look like you had his back, bro. He didn't look like you had his back on the court, bro. So you could say all that sh- cool shit in the press conference, bro, but I saw your reaction when he took that shot and he missed it. You put your head down, made a sob face. So, like, LeBron been treating me for a hot minute, bro. LeBron been meeting Trey since he was basically 12, 13 years old. We all know that he was going to be the one. But to act like, oh, like this whole flipping it back on the media on Westbrook playing like ass? Nah, nah, don't do that, bro. Don't do that, bro. Don't take care of that in-house. And stop saying you got his back. Because if you did, you wouldn't have done had that reaction. I don't care how how bad the decision is. But as great of a LeBron as 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 great of a leader LeBron is, he's had some some weird moments. But it's all good. We're allowed to make mistakes. We're allowed to have our slip ups, but in that particular situation it didn't really seem like he had his back. Um mentally, um I just feel like Westbrook deserves to be in a different situation, man. I don't think he's allowed to really be him. I feel like he's always he got a lot to worry about on the court in terms of the Lakers fan base. I'm not saying they're a bit harsher than him. But I'm pretty sure the Lakers fans, they want him to do good too. And when the fans boo a player, it's because they want them to do better. It's not because, like, yo, we hate you. We want you out of here. Not all the time, man. Because like, Westbrook, like I said, he's shown us, well, shown the Lakers at least, that he, he has hard and he's going to play defense. That team really just needs shooting. The defense been all right from what I've seen. And um, I don't think Westbrook is where we're going to find three-point shooting. But Westbrook's contract to want to get rid of him is probably more plausible around the trade deadline. But not right now. Right now, they got to figure this shit out. And uh, Brody got to hold it down. But I don't like this fake support group that this whole NBA acting like. They always with it, like this whole, like we're crazy, like we're bugging, like the like the fans are bugging from what they're seeing right now. So I'm, I'm gonna need that that shit to chill out. Like yo, man, LeBron's just stand. That was not a stand up situation. Was, it was unnecessary, bro. He actually about to play. That's all he did, bro. I'll make it a big deal. He didn't say, dude, what do you think about Westbrook four for fifty? It was that specific play, bro. But it's all good. It's all good. Like I said, man, a tough day to be a goat. If you're Brady, Rogers, or Braun. Even though Braun played great, like 31 points. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Fucking Zion got hurt, man. I don't know how long he out for. I don't know what how serious the hip posterior contusion is, but I'm glad I got to see him play Um, on Tuesday, I think, or Wednesday. When he busted ass. That was great to see. I don't think that injury's going to be too serious. The hip contusion, posterior, whatever that shit was. But the fucking Giants game, dog. The Giants game. Oh, my God. I thought we had won that game. Saquon, I thought he stayed inbounds. So I went to go handle some business real quick. Had to go to the corner store, get me some grub. 25 seconds left. I, I I believe in Gano, bro. I believe in Gano. So I'm like, all right, we're going to be 23-17. And they're not going to have enough time to go down the field and try to score a TD. Giants going to play prevent defense or whatever and get this W. You know, we did get this W, but a whole bunch of 
concern in between. And I leave my house when there's 25 seconds left in the game. I come back, and now there's 48 seconds left, bro. And um, I didn't take my phone with me, so I had to come back and figure out what was going on. The Jags driving the ball down the field. How? With 48 seconds left. This, this shit did not make sense. But okay. Third and 15. They ran this nice little cool play, man. If the dude caught it on third and 15, he probably would have went down the field for damn near a touchdown or like a 40-yard gain. Fast forward. It's fourth and 15. I'm feeling good. I'm like, all right, we're going to get to stop right here. We're going to blitz Trevor Lawrence. Hit him, force incomplete pass. We we did everything except force the incomplete pass. We did the whole opposite of just forcing the incomplete pass. We fucking hit this dude. It's fucking roughing the passer. They cast the ball for like 30 yards. It's like a fucking 45-yard play. Now they have the ball at the giant 16, 18-yard line, bro. But thankfully, the Jaguars ain't got no timeouts left, bro. So I'm like, yo, this is going to be one or two plays. We're going to fucking... Get these stops right here and, and call it a game. The first is like two plays left. First pass, first pass. I'm like, yo, that dude got a chance. On on it's three Joneses. So one of the Joneses almost caught the ball. And thankfully, Giants DB had good coverage, bro. I was like, alright, good shit, bro. Now it's one more play left. It's seven seconds left or some shit like that. And I'm like, alright. Nervous as hell. My heart is pounding. My mind, I'm like, yo, this game should have been over, yo. This game should have been over. Thinking that shit while Trevor Lawrence snapping the ball. And he throws a nice, crisp pass. And I'm like, oh, they did that sneaky shit where, like, the receiver didn't even get to the end zone yet. And he, he's going to run back and catch it and then run into the end zone. Like, some real sneaky shit, bro. Not going to lie, some real sneaky shit. And then uh, he catches it at the one-yard line, dog. He fucking catches that shit. My heart racing, bro. I'm ready to jump through my TV and tackle this dude, man. And I think the forces of all Giants fans brought all the Giants defenders together, and they did not let that dude pass the goal line, man. Fucking four people tackle him. And then as he's getting pushed back, the Jaguars' O-line trying to push him forward, ball pop out, and, and that was the end of the game, man. That was way more dramatic than it needed to be, to be honest. And they're calling some weird-ass rough on the passer calls, I'll be honest with you. The way NFL becoming soft. I don't like how these fucking quarterbacks be fucking looking at the referee for the rough on the passer calls. Some real bitch-ass shit, uh, to be honest. However, I will say that um, when they called that rough on the pass on the Jaguars, when Danny Dimes had the ball, I was like, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. But at least on that roughing the passer, that shit was helmet to helmet, bro. And he lunged himself into the helmet of Danny Jones. But the one that called on fucking Dexter Lawrence, he literally just grabbed his jersey and then, like, let him go. And then Trevor Lawrence was trying to sell it by falling to the ground. Like, I ain't no roughing the passer. I need these NFL referees to be better, bro. When it comes to the roughing the passer shit. And, and yeah, Danny Jones, Danny Jones threw an interception. And it was negated because this motherfucker hit his helmet to his Danny Jones' helmet. So I get that part. But uh, if he didn't, even if he didn't do the helmet to helmet, that still that shit still would have been an interception. Like, he still would have made that throw. 
And uh, I would have been upset, but I would have been that upset because overall, I'm still pleased with his performance. So I still am like, ah, yo, he made that. It's what, seven games in? And he, if he threw that pick, I can't be too mad, bro. Um, I would have been mad, though, but not too mad. I'm like, ah, oh, not now. Not mine with this game because, you know, Giants room for errors very little, bro. So, but thankfully, uh, they said, nah, that's not a pass. That's not a interception. Same shit happened against the Ravens, man. They called up P.I. when he threw that pick, yo. So, shout out to Danny Dimes for protecting the ball, bro. A big appreciation. Giants is fucking 6-1, and one, man. Great day to be a football, New York football fan. Giants was 6-1. and one. Jets are 5-2. and two. I didn't really get to watch the Giants-Jets game, but I was happy that they won. They won like 16-9. The Broncos, mm, I don't really know what's going on with the Broncos, bro, to be honest. But uh, we had the Jets beat them. I do have a Broncos hoodie, though. I got it from the Nike outlet. It was on sale for the Lolo. So I got, I got this bright orange hoodie. Looking like I'm a construction worker in the city. I look like the under construction sign. But the Giants is six and one. The Jets is five and two. Saquon got beastie, beastie in the second half. Daniel Jones held it down with the run game. I might he might have had at one point he was the leading rusher of the Giants, but then you know Saquon took over that part, which we needed him to do. I'm glad the Giants stuck to the ground game. And now we're six and one, and we don't do not we play the Lions in December, November twentieth. So, I think we might play the Seahawks next week. We play the Seahawks maybe, and uh, Geno Smith's been hooping. He's a former Jet, so shout out to Geno Smith. But more about the Giants next week, bro. I ain't got time for that feel good story shit right now. I mean, I feel good for Geno Smith, but I'm not gonna feel that good uh, next week. I want him to play horrible. So, I mean, he is a former Giant. He he started for the Giants, but I'm just going to leave it at that, man. Let's go fucking Giants, man. You feel me? But fuck all that, man. The Knicks beat the Pistons. And uh, it's been two games since Jalen Brunson's been on the Knicks. And that boy got zero turnovers. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. With zero turnovers. And like everyone said, like Jalen Brunson said, he's not here to be the savior, but he's here to hold it down. And this is what I expected. This is what I this is what my vision was is for him to make the the game easier for, for Julius Randle. And now Julius Randle's and put in spots to make better decisions. More decisive decisions. That's what we wanted to see out of Julius Randle was him to be able to make more decisive decisions. I just felt like last year, you know, he was able to, he was thinking too much when he got the ball. And not only that, um, he wanted to show that his previous season wasn't a fluke. I think he wanted to show that as well. And also, let's not take away from other teams, you know, prepping up better for him. And also, you know, D. Rose getting hurt, which had him playing out of position. So this year, you know, we got Jalen Brunson, to sort to make sure that not only that he holds down a point guard spot, but he allows Julius Randle to make more decisive decisions. I know it's only been two games, but you know we've been seeing that so far. And we also gotta give Julius credit for just being in a better headspace. He just seems a bit more relaxed, more in tune. 
and more in the present moment. And it's just great to see him in a more happier space. And like I said earlier, you know, Randall, like I'm not expecting like that efficiency from last year. Somewhere in between last year and the year before that. So that'll be a perfect medium. Obviously, if he can trend towards the two seasons ago, Julius Randall, that's better for us. That's what I'll prefer. And I think we can get that, man. I mean, I've this game against the Magic today and then the game against the Hornets on Wednesday, it's going to be very critical because you play some hardcore teams after that Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, Hawks. It's about to get real hardcore. But at the same time, the Hornets just beat the shit out the Hawks. So we, there's no days off in the NBA now. If you if you know that Lamelo's hurt, the second best player is, is not even on on the team. But at the NBA, man, these players are professionals for a reason. So these next two games, they should win. They should be favored. But that's why we play the games, is to make sure that the team that's supposed to win wins. And if the Knicks are supposed to lose, they still win. That's why we play these games. So as far as Brunson, I like what I'm seeing. We still got to give these these guys time to gel. I'm just happy to see R.J. Barrett uh, with a more efficient performance. One of the most beautiful things about this game to me was the fact that no one really played over like 28 minutes. Like everybody, the minutes were spread out because it was mostly a blowout. You know, the Pistons almost made it close. Cut it at 12. And that's always panic city for me, especially after what the Knicks experienced last year with all the leads that we blew last year. So, um, can never get too comfortable as a Knicks fan when the Knicks have a nice lead. This is not in our nature, not in my nature at least. But uh, quickly had a, a nice bounce back game after having that that donut from the field, the donut and the box score. And came back with 27 and 7. I was like, whoa, dude. You hear that fire truck? I don't know if y'all do, but I do. But yeah, he heated up. Had a 27 and 7 game. That's amazing. Especially the start that he had off in the first game against the Grizzlies. It's just going to be very interesting how Tibbs chooses his rotation game to game, week to week. Because the ground come back. Somebody's minutes going to take a hit. And we all know D-Rose is going to get his minutes because he deserves them. He played the ball the fuck out, too. He had 13 points in 16 minutes. Um, and honestly, I didn't even mention Fournier yet, but you know, it just feels like everybody wants Fournier to just like skedaddle, get up on out of here. And I'm not really in a rush to do so, to be honest with you guys, man, because uh, McGrath's got to show me that he could stay healthy for a season, bro. Grimes hasn't been able to be healthy for a season, bro. Um, last season, he's starting off this season not healthy. I know he's young and all that shit, bro, but a lot of players, not a lot of players, but they're having great talent that just have a hard time getting on the court. So I'm not ready to ship off Evan Fournier right away either. And I don't see the need for that. He is our best shooter. So not until... Uh, McRimes is healthy, 
and establish his flow with the team. And my, you know, the potential of the tools is there, but he still got to get healthy. He still got to get right, bro. And as much as Tibbs love McGrimes, um, he might be a potential moving asset uh, moving forward. So as much as you want to get rid of Fournier, but what if the, the best move is to trade Fournier? I mean, McGrimes and, and Toppin. Like, you just don't know. So I'm just trying to... And Fournier is our best shooter, and he has some chemistry, some valid chemistry with a starting lineup. Like, he makes sure that that first unit clicks. You know, he might not be the best defender. And I didn't like how he was railroaded in the first game of the season. Like, yo, man, Fournier, defense swag, whoa, whoa. Bro, quickly play like ass. RJ play like ass. So that's not... We rolled Fournier, yeah, because if Fournier made that through this end of the OT, we're not talking about his defense being ass. We're going to be like, yo, man, he really good. He really our best three-point shooter on the team. Yo, he really clutch. Yo, he really like that. Man, he missed a shot. It was a good look. I'm, I'm, I was okay with that shot. He missed it, man. Shit happens. But, man, Fournier gave me my best Knicks moment. So, at, at, at times, it might feel a bit biased, but... This whole overpaying shit, he's not being overpaid, bro. There's a lot of other players that are overpaid. Duncan Robinson makes more money than Fournier. I don't think he's better than Fournier, to be honest with you, man. I'm happy for Duncan Robinson to make the money he's making, even for Fournier, but let's not act like Fournier's contract is so egregious. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Let Fournier rock, man. McGrath's got to get healthy. He has all the tools to be a better player than Fournier. In terms of being a two-way player. But at the same time, let Fournier rock, bro. Y'all got to let him rock. I was pleased to see Toppin bounce back, hit threes, get the slam jam preseason form in regular season. That sure was great to see him leaking out on fast break, on rebounds, getting the easy. Yo, I love those easy baskets because we need them shits, boy. And, yeah, you know, uh, Cam Reddish didn't have 58 points this game, but it's all good. He had a couple of bangers when we needed him to have those bangers, get the energy right, um, play good defense. And he had six points, four rebounds, and and you know, playing the passing lanes a bit. So I like what I seen from him. It wasn't 58 points, like I said, but he 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 showed that he's he's active. He's active on the court on both sides, and that's what Tibbs want to see from him. Like I said, I think he has the most talent on the team. Now it's just about him flushing it out and letting the world know about it. And I'm excited for tonight's game against Orlando because we're also going to see the first pick of the draft, Paulo Benquero. And he's been a beast. He already got two 20-point games to start the season. So he, he's a force to be reckoned with. Got to respect his shit. Got him on a couple of my fantasy teams, so it's always hard for me to root for the players that or root against the players that are on my fantasy team. But when they play against the Knicks, I just want them to put up a decent stat line and take that L. You feel me? And we'll see what happens. But I'm excited for today's game. I want to see how, if we can replicate something even close to last week on Friday's game. But... um. We need these next two. Let's see what happens. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Reddish step up, RJ Barrett, to show us more of what he showed against on Friday against the Pistons. Let's see where this where this 
lineup and rotation goes. Episode 160, your boy Jack F. See y'all soon. Just another Knicks fan.